0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we'll be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Bill Mobshaw, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. As well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YP Sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. And if you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. As mentioned earlier in the intro, this week we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Bobshaw. Good morning, guys. Morning. Morning. Right, uh, this week we saw Sheffield Wednesday claim a much-needed 2-1 victory over Bristol City. Bradford City uh, saw their game against Barrow called off due to a waterlogged pitch. Harrogate Town fell to a 2-0 defeat at the hands of Newport County, and we'll be covering them later on in the podcast. Doncaster Rovers claimed all three points with a one nil victory over AFC Wimbledon. Middlesbrough lost 2 0 when they visited Plymouth Argyle, and Rotherham United left their game against Queen's Park Rangers empty handed after losing two one. But this week we start with Sheffield United, who fell to a disappointing one nil defeat against Wolves. This now sees Chris Wilder's side having recorded just one win from their last five games. Uh, and they have a visit from Arsenal next on the, next on the fixture list. Um, what was your assessment of the game, Stuart?
1: Um, well, pretty similar to a, to an awful lot of their games this season. Really, um, they it was a, it was a good effort by Sheffield United. Um, they dominated the second half. Um, there were some re- you know some good things about the performance, but ultimately, when you see them like that, I think it kind of highlights that they're they're just not good enough um, at this level. Um, they had. Probably four good chances um before before Wolves scored. Didn't take any of them. Just switched off at across some poor defensive work. And you know, those those two little areas, I say little, the biggest areas in the game, um just decided the match. You know, that you couldn't you couldn't fault their you couldn't fault their commitment. I mean it even spilled over a bit too far at one point between oh. between Jack Robinson and uh and and vinicius Souza, but um yeah you couldn't you couldn't fault their effort um they, they did a lot of good
2: things but but ultimately they're, they're just short of the of the level required unfortunately yeah i mean it's pretty similar you know we spoken in the past about rotherham haven't we? There's, yeah. there's, there's tons of heart there's the spirit um application you, you can't sort of um fault the sort of perspiration on the on the shirt it's just the inspiration isn't it and um you know, it's become um, a regular theme of, of this podcast, really. And you, you sort of look at the runs at the end of the season. I just think Sheffield United mm-hmm. have just got to. I think the players have just got to try and get some, you know, individual sort of kudos and sort of points, if you like, for the, you know, for their own careers for the rest of the season. You know, there's, there's been some young players coming through, the likes of Asula and maybe there'll be one or two others. The blaster was on the bench the other day. If they can get something to take into next season, you know, a few perf- you know, few performances here and there, a goal or two in the league for Asula, hopefully, um, Rian Brewster as well. I mean, he's reading about his situation, he's been, a, he's a lovely lad. He's been a, through an absolutely hell of a time on the injury injury front. Everyone at Bramall Lane loves him. And if he can get a couple of goals somewhere, or, or a, you know, and a, and a big goal in a, in a game or two, hopefully that'll set him up for. You know, having a, a decent summer and going again, and hopefully getting some some good luck So I, I think that's going to be a part of it, indiv- you know, individual wise, and hopefully collectively get some pride in performance, and hopefully one or two results along the way that might ruffle one or two feathers. But um, I wouldn't be sort of for, for making sort of grand aims. Chris Wilder knows the score. I think that's that's what he'll be he'll be looking for with looking for some players who, who he thinks he can trust and have the ability for next season, which, you know, let's face it, will probably be in the, um, in the championship pilot, likely. And uh, yeah, just finishing with a little, little bit of a a smile or two somewhere. Let's just hope that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it it really does feel like this is a,
1: this is a rebuilding job for the Chris Wilde. He's basically come back and inherited the remnants of the, of the team he built in the first place. And, you know, two or three years of of real underinvestment, in Paul Heckingbottom's time means that team hasn't hasn't evolved as it as it should do. So they're trying to sort of put that on fast forward now. As Leon says, you know we've we've seen Andre Brooks and uh, and Willa Sula. I'm sure we will see Oliver R down the line. You know there's other been other unfamiliar names on the bench. It's a case of testing people out, seeing what what people are made of. You know they know that they know the talent they've got in their academy, but until you actually see them on the field, it's it's whether they've got the temperament. And I say one one thing that I would say in their favour against Wolves was, I say they they went they went one 0 down after having some some really good chances. We had we had a, a, a flashpoint, which was you know sort of thing that happens quite a lot. wasn't it, it wasn't a, a, a massive deal, but we basically had um, had had Robinson and uh, and Sousa falling out. On the pitch, you know, rather than in the dressing room, out of out of um, out of sight of everyone. And at that point, you wondered, is this is this about to go bang? You know, are we going to see another sort of surrender collapse like we saw against the likes of Aston Villa? But there was nothing of the sort. That you know, they really did dig in. Maybe that even sort of galvanised and cleared their heads a bit. And 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 they really did give a good second half performance. So that that character is is still there. Um, and they just they just got to preserve that um, because they you know they're going to... as Leon says this this season is starting to feel fairly inevitable I think it has done for quite a long time but but the, the, those character traits they're going to need them next season because you know they're going to be in a, in a battle then um, so it, it's important that they they keep showing unity showing the desire to keep to keep going and I say that there's been there's been one or two games. Um, this season, where where it's disappeared, but only one or two. And when you consider the sort of season they're having, uh, that that's a that's a, a reasonably. It sounds like well, it is a bit grasping at straws, but that's a reasonably positive sign to take forward. If you can then build on that with a couple of young players coming through, you, you've got the starting point uh, for the rebuild in the summer.
2: Yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't really see. Maybe it's probably a little bit of the old school in me. Mean, I didn't see that much wrong in 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 what happened there in the, in the little bust-up. Obviously, you don't want to be seeing it every week, do you? Every, you? know, I, I think a few times in a season. Look, I mean, they've, they've had a lot on the on the shoulders this season. It's been difficult. It's been frustrating. So, one or two things do boil over from time to time. I think it's just a modern way, isn't it, to sort of highlight and focus on it and make bigger head a, a lot bigger headlines than, than it would have been if, a, a few years ago. That's just, just the way the world is. So, that didn't trouble me as such. You don't want to be seeing it, obviously, you know, on a, on a regular occurrence, that said, I just think with Chris Wilder as well, you sort of between eras, aren't they, Sheffield United? They've had the, yeah. the sort of great, great side and the great players that have, that have, that have served Chris well in his, in, his, in his first spell and Paul bottom as well, getting to the playoffs and going again. You know, we all know about the character and the talent in that dressing room, but, you know, time stands still for, for no one, and, the, and quite a lot of them are coming towards the end, and then you've, you're having to um, bring. Bla- Players through and, and try and build, build another side, and then also in the meantime they're trying to compete and survive in the best division in in the world. So that's going to be the big, a, a, a big thing for for Chris as well, trying to develop and, and build a side in, in in his own image, the way he wants the Sheffield United football team to play. But um, yeah, it, it it might take time. So there's, there's all that side of it as well. So there's a there's a lot to contend with.
1: I think you know you, you want to see players digging each other out when they're when they're not doing the yeah. job you just you oh, yes. just rather as a manager it happened in the dressing room um the the, the worry you know the, the the way we are now i i covered newcastle versus aston villa in april 2005 when lee bowyer and Kieran and dyer went to each other yeah and goodness. they both got sent off for that and there was you know there was a long var check yeah um, on sunday to decide whether to send those two off and you know after the ridiculous sending off of mason holgate the previous week if two if even one of those players had got sent off for fighting a teammate you'd be absolutely despairing but i mean realistically you know we say fighting a couple yeah. of little slaps and a, a bit of a head together you know yeah, I mean, if that's violent conduct then you know we really need to redefine our yeah, well, The whole
2: tackle was, was ridiculous it was shameful wasn't it? exactly, exactly. Yeah. that's just all the things that nobody wants to see in you know, in football yeah. could have really, you know, um put the player out out for a long time. So um I just mm. thought there's just some you know some common sense about that, you know. Who exactly. knows in football what's what's bad and what's just um a little bit of a little bit of a tiff. Yeah. And in fairness, the, the VAR and the referee
1: recognise that yeah. so you know we should pay yeah. we should pay credit, yeah. credit to them. But you know, we'd be we'd be more critical if they just shrugged their shoulders. And you know they came out in the interviews afterwards and said, "Well, I'm not really bothered." You know, yes, yeah. sort of things yeah. happen. So, Leon's right. You know, you can you can make way too big a deal of that. And and I think I think from a Sheffield United point of view, given that you've got to find positives where you can. You yeah. look at it and say, "Well, at least at least they care." You know, and and you know we sometimes question that as yeah. some teams, but um, Sheffield United's still still fighting away.
0: And next, we turn our attention to the the top-of-the-table clash between Leeds United and Leicester City, which saw the home side emerge victorious thanks to three goals in the last 14 minutes of the game. This now sees Leeds United narrow the gap between the two sides to just six points. Now, what were your thoughts on the game? And if you cast your mind back a couple of months ago, would you have thought that we would have had a a title race on our hands, Leon?
2: No, I mean, it's incredible what Leeds Leeds have done and, you know, not so long back. You know, you look at the, the Christmas they had. Obviously, got a great result against Ipswich, but then one or two things were going. You know, against them, late goals, dismissals, the, the results was it Preston and, and West Brom. So questions were being were being asked of them. But you know, all good sides respond, and and um, God, you, you can definitely say Leeds have done that nine in a row, first time since 1931. They they did get a, a get out of jail card or three. Not even two against Leicester because you know, you know, Leicester were they were they were excellent in you know, open play and you know, it the first time this season, you know, a, a, a team really, really better in Leeds and looked like they had the measure of them. Um I, I thought Jewsby Hall and wings were were excellent in the in the middle of the park, that they outshone the Leeds duo and um yeah, they just couldn't finish the dinner, couldn't they? You know, fortunately, from a from a Leeds perspective, it should have been um, they should have been home and hose, Let's face it, and there obviously the, the there's controversy with the disallowed goal. It's funny. I tweeted before beforehand. I just had a look at the team sheets, and um, I can't remember off, off the top of my head, but I know Leeds, Leeds had Bamford, they had James, one or two others. You know, Leicester they were without Vardy, they were without um, Acho. Um, I think they just had one strike, did Tom Cannon? And I just sort of thought that possibly might be significant and ultimately it, it was, wasn't it? I mean, Leeds, Leeds played the hand and brought Bamford on and, and James and it, and it, did, it, it did, did change it because I think if Fardy was playing or I think I think Leicester would have won that game. But yeah, you take what you can in, in Leeds, um, Leeds' situation and the good thing as well, they did have the adversity but they didn't sort of you know, didn't feel sorry for themselves. Parker addressed it. The crowd gradually got into it. And um, yeah, they had Alan Let's face it, they did have big slices of luck with the, certainly with the Archie Gray goal. But mm. they just kept going, didn't they? I think the performance for me was, it was almost personified by, by Ruta, really. He didn't have the best of games. Everyone knows about the quality he's got. He's an infectious character. He's got great talent. Didn't go for him on the night. Didn't go for, for Somerville, particularly, did it? No. Or even Archie Gray, he got a bit of a chasing from Mavidi at times, but they just came back, they didn't hide, did they? And um, Routo especially, you know, he he just kept going and going, he had an involvement in both the goals, and yeah, it was just magic magic scenes at the end. Leeds, I think the important thing for me was just handling that that adversity that they had, they didn't go under, yeah. even though they did have some big slices of luck, let's face it, but they didn't... Um, they didn't worry about it. They just kept going. So uh, yeah, huge, huge result and um, a great, great night in the season. In the end, if if unlikely for most of it. Yeah, it just it just
1: goes to show why that you know the professionals bore us to death by always talking about yep. just each game as it comes. You've just you've just got to be like that because you never you never know what's going to happen around you. And and that's been, you know, we've talked about it. Talking talking about boring people today, death. Leon <laughs> and then I banged on about this all season in terms of the way Leeds just keep keep their heads down, keep yeah, on with the job. Yeah. And as, as Leon says, you know, no one exemplified that better than Ruta. Yeah, I'm having I'm, I'm not having the best of games, but if I keep plugging away, you know, something something might happen for me. And and that's that's been that's been the story of of Leeds this season. I think that's that's got a lot to do with with Daniel Farkas influence and and his yeah. you know experience of having having been the course of di- and distance and yet yeah, it's 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 starting to pay dividends at the moment and as we said before you know that there, there'll, there'll be a bump along the way but with with Leeds probably probably more than any of the other teams I would say you feel that they'll be less inclined to be side, sidetracked by that they'll they'll just jump back on the horse and and get on with it and I think that's yeah. that's a big strength of theirs that this season that that real that real you know refusal to get to get sidetracked by the dramas whether they be
2: good or bad which you would you need in a in a league race yeah i think i think to be fair Stuart, you can say a thing of, i think you can say this the similar thing about ipswich can't you you look at them mm-hmm. they they had a bad run everyone's saying well they're going to go away and they haven't i think the one that's true yeah they've, they've taken the bad run the one i think the one three or four um the crowd have got the backs as as leaders have. You know, they're they're with them. There's a real genuine togetherness. And you sort of get that impression at Portman Road as well, don't you? There's a there's a story there. There was a story last season. It's carrying on this season. So um that's why I think Lee um Ipswich are the are the uh, are the biggest danger for for Leeds and Myers at the minute. They've got a they've got ability, but they've they've got that camaraderie, they've got that organisation, they've got that strong dressing room and you know that's the big thing we've spoken plenty of times about farco that's that's what he's done he's sorted that out he's found the characters who he can trust who who, li- who listen to him and the you know they've the, the grown uh, a togetherness and a unity has grown there in a pretty short space of time considering where they were so you know it's all power to leads and mightily impressive you obviously you know from the Yorkshire perspective they can go the distance but you know, Stuart's right to say there will be the interesting thing will be when they do get a get a result. that, that goes against them, the one nine in a row. But I think everybody knows enough about the championship. You're not going to win 16, 17 in a row, are you? There's going to be a point where things don't go well. um, Little things go against them that went for them against Leicester. So that will be that will be important to see how that how they react. But I you know, judging on on the evidence this season, you'd you back them to to uh to, to handle it. Yeah. yeah and I, I think, you know, you talk about from a Yorkshire perspective. I think
1: from a, a neutral perspective, I think all all of those top four sides have handled it well. You know, when we yes. talk about who's handled it better, it, it's all relative. They've all done a good job of it. And it, it's a crying shame that one of them's gonna miss promotion quite yes. possibly too. Um, sure. Because they're, they're all they're all very deserving of it, but I say from Leeds' point of view, same again. You can't you can't worry about who deserves it out of the other three or yeah. who deserves yeah. to win in a, a game on a Friday night. You just do your job and, and see what comes of it.
2: Yeah, I think just quickly the the, the, the Huddersfield Leeds game on so that that would be that would be fascinating. The respect mm. Leeds Leeds play on the on the Wednesday night. Obviously got one or two, you know, issues with players. I mean, by the time we're out, we'll probably know the know the result, but. You Know if Huddersfield go for them early, really, you know, get the crowd on top. Yeah, it's, it's always been a huge game for Huddersfield. That'll be an interesting test from the Leeds perspective, won't it? Exactly. In terms of how they how they handle that. They could have the same, you know, a week just under a week down the track at Sheffield Wednesday, you know, bigger, big arenas, big atmospheres. But, um, yeah, I think that's, um, that's yeah, the thing about Fark. He just he, he seems to build side sides for all sorts of weathers don't doesn't they you know sides that can do it when the things yeah. are going well and and the, but they can also tough it out and um you know he's, he's been a past master in, in a lot of respects in terms of his championship career hasn't he in that regard that's right yeah i mean I say we're speaking before the chelsea game but i think we can safely
1: say uh that by the time people are listening to this it, it would have taken a lot out of them yeah. you know emotionally physically whether whether they've Pulled off a shock against a Premier League team, you know whether they whether they've taken a bit of a beating, whether they've gone to extra time. You know, you took in the travel and all that sort of thing. The last thing they wanted was a was a twelve thirty kick off on the Saturday. But it's it's not just the twelve thirty kick off on the Saturday. It's then to recover to play for Tuesday, and then to play on the Friday night. That's a, that's a tough schedule. But guess what? Everyone in the Championship has tough schedules, and as we said, the, the whole Leeds ethos, the Parker ethos. Don't whinge about it, just get on with it. This is why we've got the deep squad. You know, he can, he has got, as Leon said about the bench on Friday, there are players who he can dip in and out to to freshen things up. But the way obviously Huddersfield's morale has changed under John Worthington and now Andrew Brighton writer, they are going to need to be right up for it. Um, yeah. so we will we'll we'll learn a little bit more about their, their character um on the back of that uh the, as leon says probably the way they start the game as much as anything else
2: yeah and i think with chelsea as well given the history and uh, the, of the opponent each can't go they, they can't uh, no. go their can they? they're half talk. and they're gonna have to have to have, have some sort of go aren't they, they? Uh, yeah
1: it's not just a history either they've got five and a half thousand fans there you yeah know, that in itself yeah.
2: demands yeah. That, that you that you give everything
1: and i'm sure they wouldn't they wouldn't do anything other than that. So, yeah, I think, we, I think we can safely say, even though the game's probably passed by most people at the time most people are listening to this, that that was the
0: case. Yeah. yeah. And let's turn our attention to Hull City, who kept their place in the top six with a one-all draw against West Bromwich Albion. Uh, they now have a trip to Preston North End to get past. Um, so what were your thoughts on the one-all draw and how could you see them going into their game against Preston North End, Stuart?
1: Um, well, I, th- I think
0: you know. I mentioned in my report on the, on the Monday. I think it showed,
1: you know, the good and the, and the bad of uh, uh, of Hull. There, there's the real. There's there's the, there's all the elements there for them to get in the playoffs and do well in the playoffs. It was a real tactical battle. You know, we know from his time at Huddersfield, how good Carlos Corberan is at that side of the game, and it was a real it was a real game of chess for long periods. And what made the difference for Hull was a moment of individual brilliance from, in this case, Fabio Carvalho. But there are quite a few players in that Hull squad who could have who could have done something of, of that magnitude. You know, they've got they've got those those players with who just can produce those moments that tight that decide tight games. And if you go into a playoff with that, you know, you, you've got to fancy their chances. You know, you think back last year to the. Middlesbrough Coventry game where we had one goal over over two legs of football really tight stuff on that occasion it was Gustavo Hamer decided it for Coventry if you just got somebody who can just produce that bit of magic you've got a lot going in your favour the other side with Hull is they'll always give you a chance yep. they've yeah. always got that moment in them where they just might be that That one mistake so it's just it's just balancing that out and it's probably the fact that they've got both that will keep things interesting as to whether they actually make the playoffs um and then i say when when they get in them it 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 really it really it really could go either way they've just got to just got to tighten up on absolutely minimizing those mistakes really focusing their concentration and that will allow as i say these these flair players—they've got to uh, to come through. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that they can that they can make the playoffs and they can do well in the place. But there is always that nagging doubt
2: in the back of your mind. I think it's a good good education for them. Stuart, you look at yeah. the business they've done in in January. They have bought some marquee players, you know, the, the Gileses and. Cao and, and um no one's doubting the individual talent they've got it absolutely in abundance and um but it's about coming together We always you know, talk about leads it's about the, often about the teams at this in the running it's about the teams getting you through um, you know it, it seems to be if there's a basketball game and you attack we attack all are fine in that regard yeah. they've got plenty of um strings to the boat you know several match winners Philogene, Jean um, you know they, they, there's, there's there's quite a lot but you, know, you look at some of the fixtures that I think in the next month they've got to play Leeds they've got to play you know, Preston as well they, they've got a sniff, yes. haven't they so that would yes. be, be a bit tough one um, uh, we've got Leicester they've got Coventry so you know team uh, matches that might not be de- necessarily decided by by too much really you know the fine margins and and um, yeah so that's probably why the, the game against West Brom could be a, a sign of things to come individual wise going forward Hull are fine but it's just that you know, in terms of you know that that organization, that sort of, um, I don't know, but it's just being tactically smart and everyone, you know, on message in terms of that. That's going to be interesting to see how how they handle that. But in terms of talent, Stewart's spot on. I think they're they're individual wise, they're sort of match for anyone. Certainly, at the top end of the pitch. But um, yeah, they've got to they've got to enjoy it as well, haven't they? You know, this is you know, you look at. Um, yeah, you know, this time last season, well, last season really, it was a bit of a bit of a grind for them, wasn't it? Before a senior came in, and the first thing he had to do was sort out the defence and get them away from trouble. So, you know, a, a, a part of it, you know, you look at Coventry and Lewin last last season, probably Middlesbrough as well. Really, just for all, it, it's it's tough and it's asking a lot of questions. You've got to enjoy it as well, and um, you know, and the supporters as well. They've got they've got to be a part of it as well. You know, when some games. It might not be. It might be going against a little bit at, at home. The, you know, the supporters there's a bit of an onus on them. They've got to revive, revive the players sometimes. So uh, I think it's all part of it. Yeah, and the West Brom game felt a, a bit of a sign
1: of what could be to come in the sense that West Brom came there, showed them lots of respect. It was a really, it was a really cagey game. You know, you can you can imagine it being similar at Preston. You yeah. can imagine it being similar. You know, against teams like Coventry because with with so little to divide them and with such right. obvious flair on the on the whole side, you'd be brainless not to yeah. you know try and restrict them and, and and frustrate them and see if they do lose concentration for a, yeah. a minute or two. And and Leon's bang on when he uses the word education. To, to get access to all that talent, Paul have had to take a gamble, in a sense, on, on yeah. getting less experienced players who have basically been, you know, in, in the case of the low needs, been sent to alert to, to make their mistakes for someone else.
2: Mercurial.
1: That, mercurial is, is, the, is the euphemism we like to use in football. Yeah, but that's, you know... The, the 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 upshot of that is that you have moments like Fabio Carvalho produced like Philogene produced oh, yeah. against Rotherham. Yeah. That's that's what that's what they're that's what they're capable of. And it's just a case of Liam Rossini just fast forwarding their educations really and and, and and getting that mental strength that you see in more experienced teams. Um you know um trying to trying to bring a bit of that into them but that, that in in some ways that adds to the excitement you know probably yeah, really don't want that as a, all of that excitement as a whole fun at times but you, you know strap in you're going to get it yeah. yeah absolutely
0: and now let's focus on barnsley who were able to defeat derby county 2-1 and by doing so kept up the pace uh with the top two in the division. What were your thoughts on the game? And do you think that Neil Collins can be pleased with the performances that his team have been putting together in recent games, Leon?
2: Yeah, he, he, he sure can. I mean, I think that was it one lost in 17 by my admittedly poor maths. I think it was the, was it the, it was since the reverse fixture at uh, Derby that, I mean, Adam Phillips got the glory on, on Saturday, two excellent goals. You know, the first goal you knew as soon as he sort of chested the ball down and hit it, it was it was only going in one place, and um, you know he showed that punch on for goals last season. I think he got double figures, not got so many this year, but um, obviously got the second goal, a clinical header. The sort of skill you you, you can't really teach it, to be honest. You, you know, he, some players just have a have a knack, and um, Phillips looks to be, you know, looks to be one of those. And you know, in, at this stage of the season, I think the, I think the pressures those players, but. As much as that was encouraging, I I, I thought it was, it uh, was it was across the pitch really. I mean, I, I looked uh, uh, Nikki Cadden a good game, Luca Connell played well, and the good thing as well was that was the Devante Cole, top scorer in division, he didn't he, you know he was quite quiet really, as John Mcte was. So they're quiet. You have to find another way, don't you? They did with Phillips. But also, I look I look at the defence as well. The, the the back three, the first time they played together as a three again you know in a huge game a six-pointer against derby donovan pines his full debut um meldy uh Gvivny and josh l and they had a few wobbles early on to be honest derby were good from set plays but they managed to sort it out and um you know a, a real a real team effort that was the really encouraging thing for me from a from a Barnsley perspective I like the look of Earl he looks like he's been there for for donkey's years already and he's only been there for about a a month or so hasn't he so he looks a really good signing Um, i I, I say the good thing for me there's players there who've seen it and done it Connells Adam Phillips Herbie Keynes there's people there who are putting the hand up across the team and that's that's what you need isn't it you know Look at the midfield. Phillips has got six goals. I think Kane's on about eight or nine. So the pair of them could get double figures. They've got the goal scorer up front. They're, um, and the, and the decent at the back with a, with a good keeper. So, uh, yeah, it, it looks it looks set fair for Barnsley. The results went for them in midweek. Um, Bolton lost. And um, what was the other one, Derby. Derby, lost, Derby lost as well. So looking at Derby as well, I mean, they looked... Uh, they look to have more issues certainly than Barnsley. They look they are certainly missing James Collins up front, who, who would scored twice in the reverse picture. They lacked a focal point for me up front. I know they brought Dwight Gale in, but he looked like to me, he looks like you need somebody with him. So I, I look at Barnsley, I think that the bases are bases are more covered. They've got a huge game at home against Bolton next Tuesday. Um, you know, I, I think. In some respects, those sort of games take care of themselves, don't they? In a, in a funny sort of way. I think the trick for Barnsley could come... It might even be in the games like on Saturday going to Wickham where they're going to get a bit of a bombardment and um, they've sort of been under the radar a little bit, Barnsley. Now they're sort of coming out in the open and you're looking at the table thinking, yeah, this is really on for them second and how they handle that sort of pressure. We've mentioned it with Leeds as well, haven't, yeah. haven't we? So that's all thrown into the melting pot isn't it the the, the expectation and handling it but I do see good good vibes from uh, as as far as Barnsley concerned I'm just so impressed by how
1: unflappable they are really I mean you know you talked about it with Leeds but Leeds have got a manager who have won this division twice Mm -hmm. I mean we mustn't forget just because Neil Collins has been abroad he's not he's not new to this but he's nevertheless he's he's new to English football but I think it, it shows the value he's had a good good five years learning his trade in the, in the States yep. and you know there's a lot to be said we we often see you know you look at Michael Carrick last season it'd probably be the same with Danny Rowe in the summer they have a good not even full season and they're yep. getting talked about oh they could go and manage so and so in the Premier League or all this sort of thing there's a lot to be said for just staying in one place for a couple of years learning from the good times and particularly yeah. the bad times and getting on with it and you know obviously Barnsley they, they lost their, they, they got to the playoff final they lost in the you know, not far off the worst possible circumstances, the the last kick of extra time, having fought so hard with 10 men, they then lose their manager, they've lost, you know, important players. That really could have been the point at which things just yes. went for them. But instead, you know, Leon's railed off that back three, all new to the club this season manager new new to the club this season and they've just they've just got their head down and they they've yeah. carried on, you know, it's not far up, but we've not seen the we've not seen the sort of unbeaten, you know, ridiculous unbeaten run we saw from Sheffield Wednesday, uh last season and Rotherham the season before. But we we've seen we've seen real consistency. There'll be there'll be an odd defeat along the way, but it's an odd defeat and it's yeah. it's stamped on straight away, it's moved on and and they get on with it. And and I say I really like that about Barnsley. And I, I do think in this division, you know, I mentioned the last couple of seasons, we have seen it sometimes, and this isn't to talk them down or anything, but in some respects, there's lots of other disadvantages, but in some respects, I feel it's a bit easier to be a club like Barnsley than a club yeah. like Derby Bad. or Bolton yeah. with so much desperation to yeah. get back. You know, we've seen Rotherham nipping ahead of, of those teams before. We saw Plymouth nipping ahead of Sheffield Wednesday last season. And, um, it, it allows them to get their head down and get on with it. But as Leon says, the picture is now changing now because, you you know, you look at those games in hand and you look at the points total, and people are starting to twig that actually this is a good side. So yes. this will be another test of that unflappable atmosphere. Can they just brush off the fact that people are expecting things of them now? And, and in fairness, we we reached a similar point last season, you know, with some but not all of these, these same players. And they, they did... Yeah. They did carry on quite well then, so fingers crossed um, we can see the same again.
2: They can be the sticky game, Stuart. I mean, I think yeah. I looked at this roughly this time last year. Was it Sheffield Wednesday went to Forest Green? You know, yeah. huge expectation. You know, they, they, they've got to keep winning. Yeah. You know, and, and the game look, look it looks good. Looks good on paper, doesn't it? Going That's to Forest Green. Well, down there, and they actually lost. And I, I did the game. The I don't know if it was the following week or the following midweek. They played Cheltenham and they got a late draw there, and they were pretty fortunate to be, to be quite honest. And uh, they're, they're the games that can really test you. And you know, Barnsley obviously um, got Wickham, then they got Bolton, which I think will take care of itself. They got Lincoln. I think that might be tricky. Lincoln a decent away, and yep. they're a bit of, they've been a bit of a bogey team as well. Um, and then they go, I think they've got to go to Carlisle as well. Every, they'll be going to Carlisle. Everyone, all you know, the Barnsley fans will just be turning up expecting a, a bit of a stroll that, that they can be the the difficult game sometimes but um yeah just just quickly on Neil Collins I, yeah I, th- I think um he's done an excellent job hasn't he, he hasn't panicked either and um yeah well, don't forget he was only recently well relatively recently at the end of November he was getting stick from the crowd they, they went speaking about lincoln they went to lincoln i think they drew near the end or lincoln I think Lincoln might have scored near the end, to be honest, but it wasn't the best performance. They're having a little bit of a sticky run and some of the fans were, were singing your football's rubbish. And um, you know, the the Moon music in November wasn't particularly good at Barnes. They obviously got booted out of the FA Cup as well. And um, there was a fair bit of of rancor. And um yeah, it's all credit to Collins and uh, he's kept he's kept a laser focus on the bigger thick on the bigger picture. And what he's got in the, in the dressing room. And um, yeah, he's, he, he, he's not panicked and he's getting the rewards now. Yeah. yeah.
0: And next we turn our attention to Bradford City, whose run in the EFL Cup came to an end when they fell to a 1-0 defeat against Wickham Wanderers in the semi-final of the competition. Now, Stuart, what did you make of the performance? And are there any positives that Graham Alexander's men can take from this uh, whole experience?
1: Well, the performance, very good. Um, and, and that is the positive, mm-hmm you've got to take it. I, think the, I think the biggest positive you, you've got to take um, the way footballers minds work I mean that was the second time in, in less than 12 months where they were a game away from Wembley and they missed out I think you find often with the most successful sides they get driven on more by the bad times than the good times Yeah, you know you'll often hear managers saying to them um, remember how that felt don't feel that way again and yeah. that's that's what Bradford have, have got to use. You know they're 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 in a position. I mean Leon uh, Leon referred to it uh, when he was at um, when he was at, at Harrogate in the week. The state of the League Two table is such that there are so many teams who have got a sniff of it. You know Bradford are 16th at the moment, but they've they've got games in hand. They're five points. Five points away from away from Warsaw with a game in hand on them, I wouldn't yes. fancy them to make the playoffs. But it's not out of sight, and they should certainly, you know, be looking to to barge their way in late on. It was a real um frustration for them and for particularly for the fans. I mean, Leon and I had a rant about pers- late postponements a couple of weeks yeah. ago. The fact that not only was the Barrow game postponed at such short notice. But that Pete Wilde wanted to play the game. apparently Kim yeah, Alexander was all for playing a, a a bounce game on that on that pitch. Were it not for the fact that it wouldn't look great, you know, uh, yes, you know being postponed. It's it's a real shame that game didn't take place and they they didn't have the chance to respond because as I say if you talk about the performance on the night, everything was there bar the clinical finish. You know, you did wonder if Andy Cook hadn't been suspended, even if Jake yeah. Young hadn't been injured. If that had made the difference and again you know as as is often the case when you don't take the mistakes uh sorry when you don't take your chances one mistake right very late on by i think it was in stoppage time by sam sam subs who had a really good game yeah and it just costs you yeah. you know we we, we we started we started a podcast talking about that with regards to Sheffield united it applies across all the divisions all the games that that's the way it works if you don't take your chances and you and you and you make one slip up, you'll we'll get you get punished, but they should look at it and say, "Look, Wickham are a, are a, are a League One side. We pushed them really. We, we outplayed them. I mean, even the Wickham players were saying afterwards. Apparently, it was it was a smash and grab. It was a textbook smash and grab. So, yeah. the, the, there's a lot to there's a lot to hold on to there for Bradford. They've got to use this in a positive
2: way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, they, they've got something else to aim for, haven't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. exactly. This, you know, a, a month or, a month or two ago. 20 months or ago, you know, you'd have thought they're having this run in this competition. That's going to be they lose that game. That's going to be it. Forget it for the rest of the season. They're just going to be playing dead rubbers. But you know, the madness of the of the table. Someone's going to nick second, aren't they? By the look of it. And yeah. uh, you know, it's like I said. I spoke before the Newport Harrogate um, game. Newport was 16th. They have won that. They've gone up to 10th. I think, ironically, the same thing happened on Saturday as well. Walsall went to Harrogate, they were 16th, and they shot up to shot 10. I think even they might even be in the playoffs now. Yeah, oh yeah, they're in the last one. Oh. Yeah, that just shows, that just shows how, how mad it is. So, Bradford have got to be grateful. They've still got something to to have a shot at. They've got an outside chance at the playoffs. I think they've got four out of five at at home. They've got to play a lot of the teams in the mix. Haven't they? They've got Notts County on Saturday. They've got to play Accrington. Um gillingham um um, walsall newport probably there's probably a few others i haven't mentioned as well so just be grateful they've got something to to um have a go at hopefully further down the line you know we're getting to you you know the the real sort of nitty-gritty in in april they might have a they might have a jamie walker might be back on deck to provide a, a bit of an optional front um alex patterson maybe who you know who knows but um it's still there for Bradford. The season's still, still alive. Be grateful for that. And um, I, I think looking at that race for to get in um, seventh spot, it might even be. It's not that far away from sixth as well. Barrow have only got fifty three, but certainly one place I think will be down to whoever finished Kind of just gonna be a race for the tape, isn't it? Really, who who gets momentum? How things snowball? You know, all the, all the things will come into it. You know. Uh, Dressing room, spirit, organisation, resolve, um, all that. And, um, you know, it's going to be a, it looks, it's got the potential to be a real mad chase. Bradford are one of those teams, we've mentioned it before, that, you know, with, with the advantages they've got in terms of the, of the fan numbers at home, selling out away ends, they can generate momentum if things go well. But it's okay talking about it, but you've got to do it, haven't you? But um, at least the is there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Austin trustee at Sheffield United took uh,
1: very early in the season and he got criticised for it in some quarters about how footballers are deluded and have to be deluded. And they're right. You, you yeah. He said, right, they, they, can, they achieve things they, should they shouldn't yeah. achieve because yeah. they believe in themselves. And, and, you know, we can look at the league table and say, well, you know, they're not going to do that. They they can't think like that. And if they have anything about them as professional footballers, they won't think like that. That's why they've got to where they are. So yeah, let's say we 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 talk every week about what's what's realistic and what's not realistic, and you know, Sheffield United are down and Rotherham United are down. Yeah, yeah. And this isn't gonna yeah. happen. Well, uh, well, yeah. Exactly. They, 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 they just, as we said with Leeds, you know, you just do what you can do and, and give everything. And, and sometimes things have a habit of falling into place. And I, I, I genuinely don't think it will happen for Bradford City, but they absolutely cannot think like that. And I'm sure they
2: won't. There's going to be a story or two out there somewhere yeah. before the end of the season. We had a bad Huddersfield last season, a great escape. I remember years back, we've worn out Rotherham as well. In, you know, specifically, at, looking at Bradford, they got promoted in 2012 13. They were something like 13th in mid-March, and then they just finished with a wet sail. Stories all over the place. There's going to be certainly be a couple of those this season. You just hope from um, Bradford's perspective or or Harrogate that they might be one of those.
0: And uh, speaking of Harrogate, that's where we turn our attention to next. Um, They fell to a frustrating form defeat when they welcomed Newport County. This now leaves Simon Weaver's side three points off the playoff spots, with a trip to Swindon Town next up on their fixture list. Um, what did you make of the performance, and what seems to be going wrong for the team at the moment, Leon? I think frustrating,
2: probably putting it kindly, Mark. To be quite honest, it was it was pretty rough. Um, all credit to, to Newport, so they started in sixteenth, and um, they got a good hiding at the weekend as well against um, MK Dons and. Graham Coughlin, their their manager, who we know know from these parts, he was, fully saying the things that Simon Weaver said after the game on, on on Tuesday Well, he you know he wasn't happy with, you know with the application of, of his side. So, first of all, credit to Newport. I thought they were they were excellent on the night, and uh, looked a real slick, sharp outfit. It was, it's probably a bit of a difficult one for Weaver in the respect that he um yeah you know, was trying to. Trying to freshen it up, they played Walsall on, on on Saturday. By all accounts, they just looked a bit toothless in the in the final third. But it's always a big gamble, isn't it? I mean, when you when you rest your two uh, top scorers and keep them keep them on the bench, um, George Thompson and Jack Muldoon uh, were on the bench until early in the in the second half. But by the time it was literally, I think he'd brought Thompson on, in it was after about 50, 51 minutes literally in this sort of next moment, Walt, um, what's all uh, Newport scored, made it three nil and that, and that was it. The game, the, the, the game was done and he soon made, um, four substitutes and soon came on a few minutes later, but, you know, it, 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 it was all done. And, um, the only good thing was that Thompson managed to, managed to find the net for a consolation, but, uh, yeah, it's just home form, isn't it? With you sort of look at Harrogate and it's been a bit of a Achilles heel for a while. And, um, I mean, away from home, they look good, don't they? I think they're, they must be in the top four or, f- four or five clubs there, but at home, they're probably in the, in the bottom half dozen, um, aren't they? But it's um, it's just one of those, isn't it? they they sort of done so well in, in January, in the first part of February. But as we mentioned with other teams, you, know, you get that expectation, people start to think, well, Harrogate aren't under the radar anymore. They're sort of coming out into the open, and uh, that brings a bit of a different sort of... Um, Pressure. I mean, now Arrogate have gone back down to twelfth. to completely slip under the radar again, and, and it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be so mad if they, if they started winning. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a, a bit of a lesson ultimately. Fair play to Simon Weaver. He, he did admit that he got his he, he, he got his side wrong. I, I sort of I, I get the freshening up um, element, but it's, it's a big gamble, isn't it, to sort of rest. Um, <laughs> Certainly, two of them. He might have been, you know, wise just putting one of them on the bench, keeping another one on. But uh, you know, your two players who were in, in double figures—that was that was a bit of a bit of a gamble. But they've just got to go again to uh, to Swindon on Saturday, and let's um, still remember they're having a a bit of fun as well. We're speaking about Hull, but uh, you know, Harrogate. You know, last year, last season was a bit of was a bit of a grind, like yeah. it was was for Hull. So at least the sort of eyes are further up the table this time around. Yeah, you know they're,
1: they're, they're having a wobble, but yeah, you know, it is just at the moment. It is just a wobble, and you know we've we've talked about it with other teams, just not letting it, not not letting it spiral out of control. Um, you know that again, as I said with Barnsley, that's kind of one of the advantages of Harrogate. They don't have that. Because they don't have such a big fan base, that it, there isn't no. that, that all-encompassing pressure that there is on certain teams. There isn't that expectation to get out of the division. This is a awesome, isn't it? They're finding it, feeling it a bit, aren't they? Yeah. Exactly. You know, this this is a a fun season for Harrogate, and and so long as they can sort of uh, put this wobble to bed quickly, and uh, as I say, there's no there's no reason why they can't. You can see any team in the football league on one day and think they're the worst team in the world, and the next the next yeah. week they can win. So That's it's just. Yeah, yeah just a case of not get not getting too carried away with it, and and say continuing to enjoy themselves. Because when all said and done, in this bad run of three defeats in four games, there's, they're still in the top half of the table. They're still only three points outside the playoffs. And um, just you know, keep keep, uh, keep get get back to what you were doing before the Mansfield game. Play with smiles
2: on your faces and see what happens. Yeah. when I make a prediction: Thompson and Muldoon um, will play on Saturday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And uh, finally, for this week, I turn to Leon for his player of the week before t- looking to Stuart for his team of the week. So, Leon, who's caught your eye this week?
2: Yeah, there's been a few. I'm looking looking down. I made a, made a few notes. Josh Earle, spoken about. You know, he's he's playing like a veteran already at Barnsley. He was good. Um, Danny Ward. You know, he, he, he thought he disappeared really, but he he come back on the scene. Scored his first goal since. Um, since December big player for Huddersfield if they're going to get out out of where they are Hakeem um we've seen a bit of him at Hull he, Grant McCann knows about him and um he's managed to uh, prove a bit of a catalyst for Doncaster Rovers thankfully they're, they're um, getting, getting back on form a little bit which is good to see given that um they've really struggled at the back end of the last the last few seasons so that, that's been good um, Real too as well. Spoken about him, he's you know he's just irrepressible, isn't he? Great player, but a terrific character as well. You know, it, it, play, p- players and people like that are good for you. They're good to, the, the, the good, the to, good to, to have them around you. But uh, yeah, I'd probably go for Adam Phillips really, just given the the magnitude of the, of the game. He actually scored against Derby last. It was almost a year to the date scored, and he, he said he'd watched the video of Barnsley won four-one on that day. Watched a bit of a video for a bit of inspiration and uh, two great goals, contrasting goals, a brilliant volley and a real real clinical header. And um, he'd obviously got two goals in the previous home game right at the death. So he's um, a, a bit of a penchant for being the hero at the minute. And uh, yeah, he could be a big player for Barnsley and in the running and he certainly showed, showed that on Saturday. So I'll, I'll give him the vote this time.
0: And uh, Stuart?
2: Um, yeah, well, with, with regards to team of the week, I almost feel bad not not giving it
1: to Barnsley after a, after a result like that. I mean, there's you know huge credit due to them for for beating Derby. You know, we haven't probably haven't talked enough this week about uh, Huddersfield's win at Watford, but I get a feeling that we'll talk uh, quite a lot about them one way or another next week. So uh, yeah. they're 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 in good shape at the moment. But really, you can't look past um, Leeds United doing the double yeah. over the team who. You know, for months now, have been sort of inked in as, as everyone's uh, winners of the of the championship. As Leon says, you know, it was a, it was a lucky win in in lots of respects. But hey, you know, who wins a win? And it was yeah, a, exactly. a great win, and 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 a reward, as we said, you know, for for all that they've done leading up to it in terms of. Keeping their heads, building that consistency, getting the momentum, having the belief in themselves and the crowd believing them to push them on later on. So yeah, uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic week for Leeds United. Um, I'll, I'll give them my team of the week. Okay. Yeah, that's fair comment. YorkshirePost.co.uk.
0: Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wopril, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as Podcast" at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. As ever, many thanks for listening, look after yourselves, and bye for now.